What is up, everybody? Jackie's here, talking to the kingdom. No Edgar on this particular part of the episode, but you are about to get a whole bunch of Edgar in this episode because we are doing a re-release of one of our Black Love episodes. Uh, this is Pride Month. This has also been a month and a past uh, few weeks of a big movement in the Black Lives Matter uh, culture and community. So we felt that this would be a very good episode to re-release, which was episode 44, released on August 3rd, 2018. So we are going way back in the vault for you guys. And this episode is Being Gay from a Black Perspective, with the amazing Matthew Brinkley as a host. Um, I was not on this episode. I was banned from that day. I don't know why. Maybe they'll talk about it in the episode. Who knows? Uh, but Edgar has the conversation with Matthew. It's a great conversation. It's something that I feel would be so worth it to hear today. Uh, so we wanted to re-release it so you guys could hear it if you haven't. We know that was almost 200 episodes ago. So we want to bring this out for you guys to put this into your soul um, and listen to something that we feel is very, very important. Uh, yes, Young Prince Matt let us do this. We had to fight him tooth and nail, but he let it happen. Don't give him congratulations, though. He doesn't like it, but it's happening. You are going to hear this episode in its original format, its original state, which means for all the people who've been missing it, you're going to get the original intro as soon as I stop talking uh, and everything in between. Nothing on this episode has been changed. Uh, it has been preserved. And I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys learn a little something. Uh, black Lives Matter. All Black Lives Matter. Um, to my black straight men out there, we have to do better. Uh, listening and protecting our black women. Our, uh, the people in our black trans community. Uh, queer black individuals. We have to do better. We have to. It is our responsibility um, so I hope you hear that. I hope you're hearing that. I hope you're making that effort. Uh, I appreciate you all. You will not be hearing, you will not be hearing from me for the rest of this episode. Uh, so as always, I like you guys. I love you guys. Enjoy the episode, everybody. Hey, welcome to the Culture Kings Podcast, the podcast that I don't host, but it is hosted by my good friends Edgar Montplazier and Jockey Snail. Very good guys. These guys are just going to talk about pop culture, sports, you know, a lot of shit. Shit people care about. I don't know how to put it. It's like... Podcasts are like a mosh pit. If you ask them to stop, they'll start shit. From talking sports to politics to back and forth to plead the fifth, and now I'm coming back for more. Ring, ring, really big ring. Basquiat with the clowny thing, with the comedians with the clowny thing. So you better bow down as the Coach Kings. Welcome back to Culture Kings. This is another episode in our Black Love series. Episode two of that series. I am your host, Edgar Mopazier. There is no Jaquee Sneal here. I want you yourself to come up with an answer as to why he's not here. Whatever it is, you think of it. 
and you come to your own conclusion. <laughs> you know what? I might regret saying that, but maybe I won't. But uh, this episode is being recorded ahead of time, so we apologize if there's any time things that don't add up or anything like that. But I, 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 when I was thinking about this whole black love thing, I was like, you know, coming up with all these topics, and then, listen, I hate giving credit to this person, but my girlfriend, Anna, was just like, well, a lot of these ideas, <laughs> uh, a lot of these ideas are from a, a heteronormative perspective, mm. and really called me out, and like... I was like, that is true, and I and I uh, and I put up a status on Facebook, and a good friend of mine, uh, David Brandon, uh, was like, I know somebody uh, who could really help you out with this, and this is uh, we're looking at black love from a queer perspective, and I and I really wanted to talk to someone about this, and um, we have on today Matthew Brinkley. Did I say that correct? Yes, you did. Okay, because no one ever says my last name correct, so I always <laughs> want to make sure that I get uh, that correct. And again, talking about black love from a career perspective, but let's just talk about Matthew Brinkley right now. Who is Matthew Brinkley? So I'm really glad that you mentioned David Brandon, because that's actually my boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, he did say that in the status. Yes, so I'm Matthew Brinkley. Mm-hmm. I'm 28. Mm-hmm. I'm originally from Maryland, but I moved here for school. Oh, wow. I'm a doc student. I'm studying couple and family therapy. Okay. So getting my doctorate degree in that. Oh wow! I'm also your doctorate degree. Yeah, yeah. So as soon as do you I finish, like school, or are you just uh, like I hate school. school Why are you is doing annoying it? Because honestly, to be, I'm in a field that's very populated with master degrees. Not only master degrees, but people that don't look like me. Mm. You know, and mm. so I feel like I I need to be doing anything I can to make sure that I'm even looked at as on the same level as other people. Wow. Do you feel like you have to do more? Uh, I mean, let's just get into it. Definitely. Let's just get into it. Yeah, no. First of all, I look young, so I work with parents. Yeah. I work with couples. I would be lying if I said when you walked in, I was like, this is not what I thought this nigga was going to look like. (laughs) (laughs) You walked in with, like, this, like, nice shirt with a hat. I was like, where's the suit and tie and glasses? Right. And, you know, it's so funny. People are always like, I say, what are you? I say, I'm a a relationship therapist. Like, you don't look like a therapist. No, you look like a model. What does it look like, you know? Uh, I, I'm assuming people think a therapist looks like someone that's maybe older, someone yes. that's white, probably even a woman. You know, I feel like a all lot of my therapists... therapists in life have been women, except for one black man that the school assigned to me mm-hmm. because I had a white man as a therapist for like a minute, and they yeah. was like, "We think we found someone that's a little <laughs> bit more your speed," and they gave uh-huh. me this black man. Right, right. So yeah, so that's that's me, and I actually like that mm-hmm. I'm different from the usual mold because. More, there needs to be more people, more people of color that are therapists, Absolutely. more male therapists. It is so hard to find a black therapist in Los Angeles. In it, Los Angeles, it really is. It really is, unless mm-hmm. you go to a specific part. Yeah. But you know, it's it's. I really love what I do mm-hmm. as a therapist, and then also the other side thing I do, party promoting, really things like that. Yeah. So I feel like. I, I, what is the intersection of those two careers? Please, uh, are you like talking to you? You're like, yo, listen, I understand that you're struggling with all these things, but I might know somewhere <laughs> where you can like, you know, fix a lot of your problems. I got this party coming up this weekend. Like, are you ever yeah. doing stuff like that? I would never do that at all. <laughs> no, because I, I like to keep different lanes Absolutely. where they are. Absolutely. I don't like intersecting them. It just gets all fuggy and messy and stuff. So yeah, yeah. I like keeping things um, simple and separate. 
I uh, I received therapy in the uh, in the lower income scale, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of them are grad students like yourself and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it was the first time that I kind of realized that my therapists have fun because, mm-hmm. uh, like, in college they were like these older people. Oh, right. Like in high right. school they were like older people, but like now because like you know I get like I, I've uh, messed around with some therapists at the. Uh, Southern California Counseling Center. Oh, yeah. And, like, yeah. they're very young. Like, mm-hmm. they're, like, in USC and stuff like right, that. Right, right. And, like, that was, like, like, them, like, being like, well, you know, like, I went to a party this weekend or something like that. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, you have a life? What? So do you feel like there's, like, a new wave of, like, really young therapists coming out? or I think so. And I'm glad because times are changing. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Especially with the social climate, yeah, I feel like there needs to be a, a more of a wave of younger therapists because yeah. I feel like our brains honestly are operating differently now. Yeah, even for instance, like being gay used to be um, diagnosable. Yeah, that's not diagnosable anymore. Yeah, and can you imagine? I can only imagine what it would be like to be with a therapist that was even around during those times. Yeah, they might have actually thought that was true. They mm. might not, but I definitely do think it's so helpful. And as for more younger people are looking for therapists now and me not looking older or things like that. I think it allows them to connect with me easier. Yeah. So I do think it's very, it's not only helpful, but necessary that younger people are starting to come to this field Mm -hmm. because it's very taboo in the first place. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it is a new wave and it's a great wave. So I'm part of it. I'm going to ask a question that I hope doesn't offend you, but, um, it's uh, like there is a stigma against obviously being gay mm-hmm. and there's a stigma against being like a shrink. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've always known that you're gay. And like, so like, why did you be like, you know, I'm going to double down on that and add the stigma of being a therapist to that. Like, why did you choose to go into a field that yeah. like people, like you said, is already so taboo? Funny enough, I actually when I st- I feel like I stumbled into this field. Mm. I was I was in my undergraduate program and I got into this. This program that pushes underrepresented populations to go for their master's degree, their doctor's degree. Mm. And so I literally was just like Googling one day, like, what can I do? Mm. And then I wanted to always work with children and families, Mm. but I just didn't want to do that. So then I found, for some reason, marriage and family therapy. It sounded like, I don't know. I have my own family issues, things like that. Maybe if I become a therapist, I can help my own family stuff. Okay. But then it turns out, I was like, whoa. You know, in doing so, I fell in love with it. And then also, I I didn't realize how much, how much, how much comfort I would get in being able to help someone. Yeah. I didn't understand that yeah. at all. And I also didn't even understand there was a stigma around therapy at all. I mean, you're a black therapist. Yeah, like, I know. That's like... <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what's funny? I didn't realize until I got into my first program where I was the only black, I was probably one of only two uh, black people in the program. Wow. One to two to three. And I went to Syracuse University. Yeah. So that's, you know, there's, that's a big school. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in my program and it's like, oh, wow, not many people look like me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the reason why I chose to double down is because I wish... Let me backtrack. I was a college athlete. Really? I came out. What sport did you play? Um, I ran track. Okay. I came out while I was running track. And so, you know, that's what? a whole. That is. <laughs> my man, we got to, like, let's, let's rewind and let's talk about, because yeah. that is a fascinating, and mm-hmm. I don't want to sound like no, I'm no, like. No, 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 no. That is a fascinating coming out story, because that's something that we, like, 
uh, my friends and I always say, like, who do you think is going to be like, the first? Like, because mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there was uh, Jason. I don't remember. Yeah, his there's name. been a, there's been actually a Jason lot, Collins. Now there's been a lot more mm-hmm. professional athletes coming out, but none of them are stars. None mm-hmm. of them are like so. Like, were you a star? No, track on, runner? Uh, to be fairly honest, I got to college and I kind of sucked. But you know, <laughs> I, I got a scholarship there to run track. So yeah. I mean, it was what you it, were it good. Was what it was. You were yeah, good. I was good enough to get there. But like, you know what I mean? Like, there hasn't been like a star. Like we like we like like what if Anthony Davis? was just like yeah. I'm that would like mm-hmm. change everything right because like right. jason collins retired the next year after yeah. he came out and mm-hmm. stuff like that um so yeah like what was that like in such a like completely heteronormative atmosphere yeah. being an athlete i mean very much so. i know what my locker room sounded like and so on top of that not only was it heteronormative it was a very black atmosphere mm. which added a whole nother layer onto what would it mean for me to be out, not be out? Because of, you know, I've had experiences in black spaces, in white spaces, whatever space it is, where being gay, you get made fun of. Yes. Things like that. So to come out as an athlete, I was a huge risk for me. I didn't, I know, I'm already on this team. Yeah. I'm already in with people. We're cool. Would me coming out jeopardize anything? Mm. I've heard stories of coaches that, you know, that really don't support being gay. And if, if someone were to come out to someone, they might kick them off the team or something. My God. Crazy things happen. So it was, you know, and I wish I had someone to talk to. And I think after I became a therapist, I realized, wow, what would it have been like to have a black gay therapist that I would have been able to reach out to, to even talk to about being closeted or not being out. Mm. Like, there's so many voices of so many athletes that are probably wish they had people to talk to, but they really can't. Mm. And so the reason why I decided to double down is because I wish I had myself to talk to. You were trying to be then. your own hero. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And wow. now I'm really happy that I am get, I do get to do that now. It, mm. it, it brings so much happiness to myself that I can help someone that looks like me have a voice. How did, I mean, like, I guess there's not really a locker room or, like, kind mm-hmm. of like a team vibe with track, right? Well, like, I, I would disagree. There it's is? Def- oh, I mean, track I is don't, a very, I don't know. I'm, no, I'm no, coming no. from that basketball <laughs> world. So, yeah. please. And I'm mm-hmm. very shocked that this is the thing that I'm getting called out for. It's like, all right, my man, you don't know about track right now. <laughs> so, like, I'm very surprised that this no, is what I'm getting called no, out I for. No, I mean, but. track is, it's, it's very, indiv- like, you run, I mean, there's, like, things like relays, but... You're or you're practicing with this team almost every single day. Mm-hmm. You're traveling with this team mm-hmm. often. There's a huge team aspect to it. So, so yeah, you know, figuring out how to navigate that space in itself is 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 really hard to do. Mm-hmm. It really is. But yeah, it's very it's very did, team oriented. Did the dynamic at all change with after you did it and like or um, yes and no, mm. honestly, only because I felt like people were, they, first of all, I felt very accepted by my team, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Yeah. But then also, it seemed as if I, this is going to be like a whole, this is a whole other conversation. But I, I honestly, mean, let's have I mean, it. honestly, I felt like my straight teammates would then make comments like, man, Matthew, like, for instance, they would say like, wow, you, you look great in your tights, man, if I was gay, you know, you know, it's just now that it would turn from, I was scared about that, but then it would turn into, wow, okay, some of my teammates would like sexualize me in a type mm. of way, but I think they were doing that because they didn't really know how to communicate with me. They were like, oh, well, maybe if I give him a compliment or say something like that, then he won't think that I'm homophobic, yeah. you know, things like that. 
So yeah. I uh, so uh, tattooed on my left arm mm-hmm. is my best friend Dwayne. Okay, uh, he was gay. Okay, uh, he passed away okay. in uh, 2014. Uh-huh. I became that same exact way when he came out to me. Mm. He came out to me freshman year of high school, mm-hmm. and I was that same exact way where, like, I just started talking about men in a sexual way because, yeah. I was like, this is what Dwayne likes. Like, yeah. like do you, I mean, it, I, I'm sure, like, you don't spend your time wondering why, but, like, do you, like, have any, like, maybe, like, a thought as to why men do that? Like, why are we so uncomfortable just being, like, he's hanging out, he's a person, the conversation just ha- doesn't have to be about gay stuff. Right. I think what happens is, actually, let me also say, some of my best friends mm-hmm. are actually straight black men. Mm. And I've even asked one of them specifically, I said, what is it that you like about hanging around gay people specifically? Like me, he says, well, I feel like I can do certain things and not get judged mm. by it. So, for instance, you know, men are taught earlier on that they aren't supposed to compliment guys they're not supposed to be emotional all these all these toxic masculine not things to touch another man. yeah at all and mm-hmm. so i think that it allows them to access those parts that they would be shamed otherwise for mm-hmm. where in, in me i'm like yeah you know let's talk about it you know i feel like being friends with someone that's gay allows a straight male to access, you know, just be able to talk about things that they feel like they would actually get judged for mm-hmm. with another straight guy. So I definitely do feel like, yeah, I feel like that would be the answer to that. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you're. It's this conversation alone in and of itself is just like springing like so many more questions and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, mostly because I don't think that since Dwayne. I've really talked to another mm. gay person in such like a mm-hmm. like I mean of course like you know like David and stuff like that like yeah. I've been around like I mean and UCB is like having like a really re- like they're becoming so much more open. I don't know right. if you've ever gone to any of the shows. Oh, or I, like well, that. David is on a mod team. That's so correct. I I go there every third Wednesday. Of oh, the you month. do? Do you? Yeah, uh, my, do. <laughs> are you, so you're going tonight? I will be there at eight thirty to see uh, Thirst Trap. My uh, <laughs> uh, two of my very good friends are on that team. Oh, a, really? Yende Howell yes. and Joe Grissom. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, a, a, a funny story, um, I don't know how funny this story is. Maybe it's just an interesting story. Mm-hmm. But I first met David, like, we were in this show together that, mm-hmm. like, this white woman needed two people to play African child soldiers. And, mm-hmm. like, I was free on a Wednesday night. And okay. I was like, I'll do it. And David and I were talking about... Um, like different like television shows. And I think I mentioned that I used to watch a show called Noah's Ark. Oh, okay. Do you know that show? Yeah, I do. It's very black, very gay. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. gay. And I watched it in a very different way than I think David watched it, uh-huh. which is all all but like I think David and I walked away with a confusion where like I uh-huh. walked away being like, yeah, I watched it. and Dave was like, Oh, you watched that show? I was like, Yeah, I watched that show. And then we uh-huh. both walked away. <laughs> and then later on I think we both were like, mm-hmm. How is that person talking? I like Yeah. Do you feel like with black men that you're ever, like, hiding? And I'm not saying that that's what mm-hmm. David was doing in that situation yeah. or anything like that. But, like, do you ever feel that you have to, like, hide it? Or, like, are you... I mean, I'm pretty sure at this point in your life you're very comfortable with it yeah. and stuff like that. But did you ever, like, feel like you were in that position or anything like that where you're like, I'm going to keep this a secret? If you know, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to go ahead and tell you. Kind of the Bill Clinton rules, if you will. Right. Honestly, I would say at times, maybe when I was younger, mm. I feel like I was doing more of hiding... Maybe when I wasn't out, mm. but I think specifically, there's been, from my experience, I know that personally I have been uh, marginalized by black straight men 
a lot. Mm. And what do you mean by marginalized? Just, you know, just being called a faggot, being yeah. called other um, other negative things, yeah. being, you know, too feminine, too gay, things like that. It's a big it's a big cross that the black community hasn't really dealt with is our treatment of homosexuality. Like, right. Like we're we're pretty fucking homophobic. Uh, right. Like, like even you saying the word homosexuality is like, you know. I feel like that's even an outdated term to really? use. See, like me that, personally. I, and I, I had no idea. So mm-hmm. is the, the more preferable word would probably be queer. Well, see, yeah. See, yes, and well, for, it depends on who you are. Like, sure. I just, I, I prefer to use the term gay. That's just me. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, they've reclaimed the, the term queer mm-hmm. because they don't like the term gay, which is great too. So I yeah. definitely do think, I think gay, queer, LGBT, anything on those spectrums mm-hmm. are great to use. But no, mm-hmm. I do think that due to, first of all, seeing, just observing how scary it can be in certain spaces as a black gay man to even be in certain black spaces. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, you know, you really have to figure out your where you're safe and where you're accepted. Mm. And granted, there's plenty of black spaces where I feel I can be a thousand myself be myself mm-hmm. 1000% and mm-hmm. that's and that's really great I love that you said 1000% by yeah. the way yeah and honestly and in that same sentence I can honestly say there are a lot of spaces where I don't feel the same mm-hmm. and I think it's important to acknowledge both of those cuz I think the conversation usually gets stuck on black people are homophobic black people can't do this but there are a lot of black spaces that are very accepting of course mm-hmm. what um what do you find like a lot of those spaces have in common like <clears throat> I think that like we link so much of blackness for some, I mean, not it's not an accident, but so much of blackness is uh, rooted in the black South church, mm, right? Mm, like mm, that's like mm. where. <laughs> oh my, yes. And, and like I said, you know, just, you know, I Please. am very, I'm a very, I, I identify with spirituality mm-hmm. because religion has been used too much in my experience to kill people like me. Absolutely. 100%. It's an oppressive force. Mm-hmm. So like, have you found a commonality in some of the spaces that you have felt welcome that are black? Like, is there, like, a common thread? Like, are, and is there a common thread in the spaces where you don't feel welcome? Like, for example, I would think that one is the black South church, the southern black church. Definitely. Places that are heavily religious, mm-hmm. I would definitely tiptoe around walking in there. Mm-hmm. Those would be more of a spaces where I would not, I would be worried if I fit in or not. Mm. But, like, for instance, I, I think the commonality in spaces that are welcoming honestly are spaces that involve both men and women there first of all mm-hmm. because a lot of times in spaces that are only there's only male masculine energy in it can really get get taken out of context a lot of times get really out of hand like for instance like for instance like the black barbershop mm. that's that's a very masculine place at times where I I remember being a kid growing up and them, you know, talking about calling people faggots in out loud in the barbershop. That is yeah, absolutely. You I know, can, I can like verify things that. like that. And like, it's still are, a thing in yeah, the barbershop. Yeah, it's barbershop. still it's still very much a thing. Yeah. And unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so I think when there's a lot of men only by themselves in the space, mm. that might even push people to even think they need to talk about, oh, you know, gay things and how mm-hmm. it's not 
how it's wrong or how it's not accepted. So any space that's very religious, though, I think that's the main thing. Religious spaces are where. So then I, the black barbershop thing uh, 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 is very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Only because, like, I mean, you're wearing a hat right now. But yeah. Like, do you have a good fade? Like, right now, you... hell, I, my hair my hair is not cut right now, mm -hmm. which is why I have a hat on. Yeah. But I definitely <laughs> do get haircuts very and, much like, so. Well, how was that, like, process of even finding a barbershop? Right. Because, like, there's already a struggle as a black man finding a barbershop, period. Right. So, like, to find a barbershop that you feel comfortable in is, right. like, an, another layer to that struggle, right? It, it really is. And honestly, I now, my last two barbers have been queer women. Wow. They have been. They gave you a good lineup, though? They Honestly, they did, 100%. Give, me that, I, give I, me that number. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, like, if I had a haircut, I would show you. But, no, I they take so much. And, first of all, the fact that I can even talk about being gay in a barbershop with my barber is yeah, healing. Absolutely. It's 100% healing. Absolutely. Because I would have never been able to do that before. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I'm and i pretty sure there's some people who are listening and being like, oh, boo-hoo, like a barber, like, and stuff like that. But, like, that community is such a big part of the black experience. It really is. Of, like, going to the barber and, like, mm -hmm. that, like, like, there's people who, like, uh, say that you trust your barber more than you trust your own wife, right? No, like, seriously. stuff like that. Okay. Or, like, your own partner. Like, right. it's like... Um, like so like it's like a very big big communal space mm -hmm. so I have a question for you but we'll get to it right after the break alright so we're back talking with Matthew Brinkley about uh, queerness from a black perspective or being gay from a black perspective I'm gonna mm -hmm. I'm gonna try to start saying gay I so this isn't my question but to get to it I think that Gay might be my black, like what white people, how white people can't say the word black and they go, I'm, I'm African American. Like, mm -hmm. gay might be that for me because oh. I do feel like I'm saying something bad sometimes hmm. when I say it. Well, yeah, because we were that's so gay. Yeah. Stop being gay. Yeah. We were we were on the playground. We grew up. Yeah. That word is such a bad thing. So it makes sense to me why that would be your experience, mm. why saying gay would be like, whoa, like. Yeah, that would make sense. One hundred percent. But but it, but but it truly in the same way that like I get frustrated when it's like I am black, like because mm -hmm. I'm not African American. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm my parents are from Haiti mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So like I think that distinction is very important. Right. Um. But like, I am black. Like right. and like black is like a large. Group. And I can see why you're just like I'm gay. Like that's mm -hmm. who I am. Like I get that frustrated. Like yeah, that was like a a very clear point that I just had. Like yeah. Uh, but my question to it is like. When it comes to like these spaces, do you feel like the solution is to find ways to infiltrate the spaces or to create your own spaces? Because like with that queer barber, that's like your own space, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's not necessarily infiltration. And like, mm -hmm. do you feel like it can be both? Or like, yeah, let's have a conversation about that. Right. I think the first thing that's important to do is protect your own energy, mm. regardless. Mm. So if you, I think it's good to try and infiltrate a space. And if that space is just not working, then mm -hmm. I think it is best to protect your own energy Absolutely. and do create fine spaces that are welcoming of you mm -hmm. because no one deserves to have to fight to be accepted in the first place mm -hmm. no one has to should be doing so much extra work mm -hmm. just to be themselves absolutely right so i do definitely think that if you can't infiltrate a space i think you should i think people should definitely be able to have a voice and be heard regardless whatever space it is mm -hmm. but at the same time you you can't force anyone to do anything. Yeah. So if you if, if it's not working, then I would think that maybe it might be a better time to 
take your energy someplace else where you, you know, you would be able to prosper. Mm. Because a lot of times people spend so much time trying to infiltrate. And, and, and honestly, I think that's also good too. Because I should be able to walk into a, a black barbershop, sit down, and they respect me. Yeah, you're a black man. Right. You're I should a be, black man. You I should be respected be regardless of who I sleep with, what yeah, I do, things like absolutely. that. So I, I, it's a both and. I think both. I think both. It's important to infiltrate. It's important to create your own spaces. And it's also important to protect yourself while doing that. Yeah. Uh, so my next question is, or it's not necessarily a question, but I mean, it's more of like a revelation. Is like some of the things that you're saying are so fascinating to me because mm-hmm. some of the things that Jaquise and I have said mm-hmm. about being black. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, like we're talking, like we talk about that, like within improv and within yeah. comedy of like how like we feel like at times we're having trouble infiltrating it and like we just must create like our own thing. And we've like talked about that and like gotten responses for our white audiences. Do you ever feel like as like a uh, black gay man that like you watch some of the struggles that black straight men who have marginalized you talk mm-hmm. about and then you like feel this sort of frustration of being like I'm saying the same things to you except mm-hmm. it's about being gay and you can't hear that or see that it's a similar struggle. Right. I mean, I think the the main thing I would relate that to is probably racism. Mm. You know, black people do not like racist people. Of course. They don't like to be marginalized. They don't like to be discriminated against. So, but then what happens is that same person that does not like to be discriminated against turns around and discriminates someone else, mm. which makes sense because, and that's about survival. Oh, someone's going to put me down. Well, guess what? I'm going to get some power back and put someone else down so I don't feel bad. It, it's the uh, the elementary school yeah. approach, right? That's Where, like, if you go happens. in and roast somebody else, right. you can't be made fun of. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I definitely do think that when black people in general, white people say negative things to them, racist things to them, it's the very similar where a straight person will then go and say very homophobic things to a gay person. It's like, I, and I'm black too. It's like, I can speak on both of those experiences. Mm. And then also, I think, just on the subject of black love from a queer, queer perspective, mm-hmm. it's almost to where black straight men are trying to figure out ways to, they want to make, they want to be in relationships. They want to be happy, things like that. They're looking for a mate but for some reason, it's so wrong for me to just want to also be in love, too. Because mm-hmm. what I'm doing literally does not impact a black straight man at all. No. I'm just trying to find love just like they are. Mm. And I feel like a lot of times that does not get talked about enough. Mm. Where, I mean, even though we are interested in two different things, we are both literally just out here. Have the same goal. Have the same goal. If you and I go out drinking one night and we're both single, which we're not right now. But right. if we are... We got the same goal, my man. Yeah, we, you know, we're, we're trying to find mm-hmm. someone to mm-hmm. do whatever with. So I definitely do think I would say I would say that. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's not even on that whole blackness thing. It's like literally think about it. You and I are chasing the same thing. Right. Mm. So now let's get into like the more like black love part mm-hmm. of it, right? The more romantic part of it. Right. We're both living in this very liberal city. Mm-hmm. Um and now I've heard things, of course, and I don't understand them. But <laughs> I've heard like that dating as a black gay man is not easy. <laughs> I've heard of dating profiles mm-hmm. on Grindr that oh, yeah. have certain requirements. So right. Let's call it requirements sure. or guidelines. Yeah. Can you uh, kind of elaborate on that or talk about that if you feel comfortable? Sure, no, no. I think dating apps, there will be people on there that get very specific. They think that they're just saying their preferences, but they'll say no black guys, yeah. no Asians, yeah. no fats, no femmes, all these things. 
that are so, so just mean, first of all. Absolutely. Right, they're mean. And then it, it, it's like you're pushing your own community away from you. And for all you know, that black person that you're saying you don't want, you could have blocked your blessing, and that could have been the person you're supposed to marry. I mean, yeah. Right? And so it's a very touchy space. I yeah. mean, honestly, I met David off of Jacked. Which oh, is a wow. gay app. That's how I met him. So things like is that. Is that for like uh, uh, gay a, people who work out? Or <laughs> no, it's uh, <laughs> it's called Jack. I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking no, questions. No, honestly, I have it's no idea. It's called Jacked. It is. I have no idea why it's called Jacked. Okay. I mean, I have no idea why. It's yeah. with a pot. Like it's not. It's not. It's like yeah. It's J A C K apostrophe D. Yeah. Do you have one? You know. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's great that you know though. But no, seriously, yeah. yeah it's mm-hmm. it's just another like there's grinder, there's Jack, there's yeah, Scruff, there's so grinder. many different avenues, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of toxic things that happen on those platforms. But at the same time, and it happens in all yeah, all, all dating apps, all, all Tinder, apps, all that, yeah. all, all that shit. Absolutely. But, but honestly. There's a lot of good things that can come from them, too, if you're a mature enough person. You met to, David, who's a fantastic yeah, person. Okay, okay, he's the love of my life. So mm-hmm. if I know that those these apps that you can use to meet people can be good or it can be used to really tear people apart. So, yeah, so those apps can be, like I said, they can be good, but mm-hmm. other times they can be really, like, problematic. Now, this question might be dumb or, like, you know, uh, you can dismiss it if you want to, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that a white woman could go on Tinder and say no blacks, no. Or, or, and if she did, she would be dragged in a certain 100%. way. Or like, I would hope she would be dragged. One hundred percent. So why does that like kind of? And it's not getting away per mm-hmm. se, but they feel comfortable with saying that, right? Like, I, why does mm-hmm. that exist in those dating spaces? I think, I I feel like people. Well, first of all, they they the, the apps ask you what you're interested in. They by, really do by race. Mm, I mean, I I I haven't had a jacked in a, a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have. If you're I, listening, David, I, he's I, telling. I, I gotta say, baby, I'm I got a jacked baby. I'm okay. looking at him, and it seems like he's telling the truth. <laughs> I don't have one, I promise. <laughs> but um, honestly, I mean, they ask you what your interests are. Mm. I think that people believe that they can say kind of in that aspect what they want is because it's so normalized in our community to do that. Mm -hmm. And people oftentimes don't get called out for it. Mm. Like, for instance, I know many gay people, well, first of all, we're socialized to believe that a gay body has to be, you know, athletic. Mm. It has to to look good. And I think black gay men, honestly, already were were sexualized. Of course. Uh, the BBCs, all that stuff. Of course. And so a, a white man will get on there and be like, I want to, you got a BBC, I want things like that, mm-hmm. you know? So we are just very, I think it all has to do with, first of all, heteronormativity, where we are trying to distance ourselves from straight people in those in those realms. Mm-hmm. But we don't realize how how, even though we're trying to do that, we are just still really harming each other. Mm. And I think the reason why they they feel so comfortable doing that is because they're just, honestly, it's because they're ignorant. Mm. I think that's the main reason why. No one's told them better, and if they have, they don't care as much. And that person has probably been hurt themselves, yeah. and so they're just repeating that process. But I think it's just out of ignorance. Yeah. I, I couldn't really pinpoint any other reason as to why people would do that as to them thinking that it's okay, but yeah. it's actually ignorant. 
Now, I'm I'm fascinating by the whole like you know BBC thing. I mean, you know, like it's it's a thing all across the board, mm-hmm. right? Like you go on Pornhub yeah. right now, and that's yeah. like all across the board. Do you find that it's like doubly so in queer spaces or in gay spaces? Like, do you feel like that stigma against black bodies is even more so? And like that athletic thing also is like something that I like I didn't even know. Like, mm-hmm. You know, like. Do you feel, I mean, you're a very fit person, which is Thank why you. I asked uh-huh. about the Jack thing. I just yeah. want to go back and clarify <laughs> both you and that's, David. I've never heard that before, and that's so funny. <laughs> is Jack for people to work out? Yeah, that would make I was sense, like, right? Yeah, that's what but I thought it was. at the same time, though, I can imagine that that is the target audience, the buff guy. That's what, mm. that's what everyone wants. Mm-hmm. You go on Jack, all you see is big pecs and some abs, mm. uh, like profiles, down, 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 down. Mm. Because that is what, as gay men, we're taught is important. You know, we're socialized, you know, women, they are taught that you have to look a certain way. So, and men are too. And Mm. especially for gay men, because we are taught that to be accepted is to have the perfect body and Mm. things like that. That is what makes you desirable, your body. And since we're men, we, men and women, they have sex often. Mm. I think what happens is gay men get stuck on the, the sexual piece and think that that has to be really what sets the tone for any relationship. Wow. Yeah. So it's like that same masculine energy mm-hmm. just being applied That's in that space. Exactly, yeah. It's it's very toxic. People, it's like people are like trying to stay as close to the norm as possible, mm-hmm. but don't realize how much of life they're missing from doing that. Yeah, yeah. Like how? I mean, I, and I apologize if I sound like a kindergartner. I truly no, no. do feel like a kindergartner. Let me tell you I'm something. Like, Let me tell you oh, something. I'm, I, it, it, yes. Yeah. If I put two and two, I have four things. No, honestly, I wish more straight black men would have these conversations. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that you're talking to me, asking me about these things and being curious, it makes me feel very happy. Well, don't the give fact me too much credit. I'm going to do some terrible things once <laughs> I leave here. Uh, but, yeah. um... <laughs> yeah, I, I, listen, someone's calling me right now and I'm upset. I don't even know what it is. Um, but how do you think in these gay spaces that you can move past some of these heteronormative norms? Like, mm-hmm. how do you remove them from those spaces and stuff like that? Right. Like, you I know think, what I mean? yeah, I think that for, that's very hard to do. Yeah, of course. I know. Because you were raised in that. Yeah, and that's what it is. We aren't taught how to have sex with men mm. in grade school, but we sure are taught how to put a penis in a vagina. You and know? not even well, if we're being honest. You know, we're, we're, we, sex, that has nothing to do with being gay. Yeah. But so, but then gay men, they come out and we just have to figure out on ourselves, how do we do this whole thing? Mm. Right. And so that's, that's why... That's a struggle I have never considered. Yeah. You know, and so we are not, we don't have the same luxury to be taught how to have love, how to have sex, all those different things. It's literally we just have to hope that someone comes around and teaches us because we don't have those same luxuries. My goodness. And, like, yeah, like, I mean, like, who do you call? Like, exactly. Because, right? like, like, if you're in a situation where your parents aren't comfortable with it mm-hmm. and stuff like that, like, who do you call and say, hey, I don't know how to deal with this? Exactly. And that goes wow. back to that question of why did I choose this path? Mm. Because I I worked with, I work with black gay youth. I work with youth that are talking about coming out they can't talk to their parents about it being able to have someone to do that with is literally it will change someone's life yeah and so being able to support someone that way is is really great yeah and we really do get stuck in these heteronormative things because we're taught that that is what we're supposed to be when we're three years old we're taught what it means to be a man what it means to be a boy don't show emotions yeah. all these things that first of all aren't even real and it's just cause a, you more pain than yeah but it's honestly else. that's just gener that's just generational myths that's been passed down 
for 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 centuries, for ages, mm. you know, things like that. So I think that's why it's so hard to get away from it is because people assume that the closer I am to the heteronormative aspect, the more I'll be accepted. Wow. That is, is, that's what people think. And I, with everything you're saying, and I hope that like this doesn't sound like I'm uh, beating a dead horse, but mm-hmm. like I just see the crossovers with blackness. Because yeah. like, with blackness, so many of us think that the way to be successful, I mean, it's why I'm so insecure about the way that I talk, is because I feel like I've started talking white to feel more accepted and stuff like that, right? right. Like, and like it's that same, I feel like there's those same threads of like mm-hmm. black success right. at times is like, you know, like, seen as like you know achieving what white people have deemed mm-hmm. successful right and then it's like you used to say you talking as white it's like who the fuck decided what a white person sound like talking mm. white mm-hmm. like i like who decided that yeah. why is that even a thing yeah i get told i honestly i remember i got told the same thing when i was younger yeah you know why i don't know but you know we got taught that sounding a certain way yeah. meant that you were not Black. And you I can assure that black enough. to anyone who's listening that you are by far a very black person. Like mm-hmm. you're definitely black. I mean, you're wearing a Dodgers hat. Uh, <laughs> sure. <Yeah. laughs> Honestly, I I didn't even know this was a Dodgers hat, but great. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot tell me that this outfit was just put together. This is a fantastic. Oh, outfit. thank you. I mean, I I like I like to put. I don't know. I just that's one of my things I like to do. I like mm-hmm. to I like I like how I you know mm-hmm. this aesthetic wise. It's just one of my things that I've come attracted to. You have a very artsy feel to you. Thank you. I mean, especially with the tattoos. Uh-huh. I mean, no one else can see this. I'm talking about things that people can't see. <laughs> I mean, uh, we'll, take, we'll take a photo so yeah. you can see this outfit. Oh, just take a photo of just his outfit. Yeah, I his don't out- want to be in a photo no, at all. No, his outfit is, I, makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. That's the first thing I said. That makes me happy, the fact that what I'm wearing makes you happy. It that, makes me happy. That, it really does. Because I, I do, I think, honestly, I think what you wear is, is a part of you. It, yeah. It's a piece of you. Not Absolutely. everyone has to really... You know, connect so much to that, but it's it's definitely a piece of who you who 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 do you want to be in the world Absolutely. today? Of course, and and this also goes into the what does it mean? Black love from a queer perspective. Mm. I feel like from using black love from a queer perspective, I can choose. It's so limitless. Really, I I think so because in like, what I, ways? In in the ways where there's not so many rules. There's well since. Society didn't want to teach me anything. Well, guess what? There are no rules. You know, you're gonna write the rules. Yeah, you know, we get to write our own rules. Mm-hmm. We get to decide the the gender roles, whatever that actually means, mm. things like that. We get to really put the pieces of our own relationship together. Mm. And I think that's why LGBT relationships are so relationships are so important is because we're actually teaching straight people that you can actually be yourselves in yeah. relationships. And straight people are so eager to steal so yeah. many things from you guys. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I thought I, um, someone was talking about this on Twitter. They were talking about like this whole like eating ass craze. Mm. And like that's something that straight people, I mean, I mean, of course it's very crude and all that stuff. But like it's something like I, I saw this guy tweeting about it and he's just like, y'all just going to act like that's been a thing when we've been doing that forever. And like mm-hmm. y'all just going to hop on that and act like it's all cool. But it's, and, it, and again, seeing another other thread that is related to uh, um, blackness and whiteness, it's no different than how white people steal memes and stuff like that from black people. But it's the same thing in which Mm -hmm. we're taking, like you said, you guys are leading the charge and changing all these things in terms of um, uh, uh, love and like how we can express and stuff like that. Like you guys have redefined relationship worlds 100%. Right. But we're just taking them from you and then still erasing you. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And the problem is, is that even though we are 
we're doing our own thing. Mm-hmm. I think what happens is some people, they 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 get so caught up in the what was taught to them mm. that they don't even think they're allowed to go beyond that. Yeah. Like, for instance, I've had um, some friends tell me, you know, Matthew, I really learned how to be myself just from observing your life. Mm. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, well, honestly, like you could get up in a pair of heels and the next day, you know, put on a pair of sneakers and mm. you're literally just living your life. And I think what gets people is that I'm doing all these things that aren't accepted by other people, but I'm happy regardless. I want to tell you something that is so stupid. Sure. And I will do that after the break. <laughs> okay, so we're back. We're still uh, on this uh, black love from a queer perspective, talking to Matthew Brinkley. He is absolutely killing it. When you said about, like, just deciding who you are, it reminded me of something that I really, really wanted to do and I haven't done. And it is so stupid. Mm -hmm. But I think leggings are fucking cool. I I think leggings, especially, like, the ones with, like... I do, too. The ones with, like, the designs on them and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I have always wanted to wear them. And I'm going to tell you something that's straight up true. I don't wear them because I know that Jaquise will roast me and it, and it terrifies me uh-huh. um, but i'm being so like i i feel i hey, felt comfortable enough honest talking space, to you so that i can be like you need to be but like it's something that i had and i'm not joking like i straight up mm-hmm. really want to and even in admitting that i'm like man i see these niggas writing up these tweets right now I'll be like uh-huh. we knew you were soft like i'm so afraid yeah. of that but like you're absolutely right like with like i think that like something that i feel jealous of gay people with it sometimes is like you're you're like, Dave would be rolling up in some outfits. I'd be like, man, I wish I could. But why can't I? <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's like, honestly, it's the things you're telling yourself in your head. Like, mm. Jackie is going to roast you for all. You know, he come and be like, oh, my gosh, where'd you get those from? I've always I can, do that, too. I promise you well, 100% you know, he, he might. won't I'm do sure, that. Yeah, I'm caught. You know, you, you know him way better than I do. But it's like, and then even if he does roast you mm. so what yeah i think a lot of times if you ask yourself if you say just simply like so what yeah or or even if you say i care but i don't care enough mm. i think just saying those things to yourself will really change how you go about how you navigate the world in general wow because yeah i think will he might roast you i think that's very true but even though he roasts you, that's not you could still be the happiest person in the world. True. People, I'm denying yeah, myself of something that Yeah, makes you me are happy. I feel like and that's what happens when just masculine, feminine, which I hate those terms because it's like what is what is masculine, what is True. actually feminine, things like so that. So much of it is made up. Everything is literally everything is made up. Mm. And I, and and it's so funny how all these points go back to each other. And that's why I feel like we're the generation that's realizing all this shit is made up. Mm. And so imagine what that would be, be like to have a bunch of therapists who realize that all this shit is made up. You can have your own narratives, your own stories, as opposed to people that have been fixed to believe that the world has to be a certain way. You're about to fuck shit up, Matthew. I hope you're, <laughs> I hope you're okay with what you're about to do. I uh, am. <laughs> I'm, I'm very much okay with it. And I'm happy about it. And I'm proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. Better wear those leggings. Yeah, I mean, listen. honestly, I let let that be a goal for yourself. Mm, you is know? that one day I'm gonna come to I, the pod? I think you with should. I think on. honestly, I think you should show up one day in leggings and <laughs> and just even even to say to yourself, you know what, I'm gonna get roasted today, and just you know what, and I'm gonna sure. and I'm gonna get roasted and I'm gonna wear them and I'm a, and I'm gonna feel great regardless. And you'll be super comfortable. Yeah, that is true. And that I mean, do true. you do you? I mean, people. I know. I, like for me as a track 
I used to run track, we would yeah. wear leggings all the time. Of just to work out. In. But of like, course. but guys can wear tights to work out in. Yeah, they do out all the time. They, they wear those uh, Under Armour tights. Yeah, Under Armour tights. Mm-hmm. But you know, since it gets deemed as feminine to wear it like out, yeah. people are like, oh, I can't do it. Yeah, but. At the same time, honestly, if it's making you happy, then what is the actual I mean, issue? The thing that I think about, I think it was was it young uh, was it young Jeezy? Do you remember when young Jeezy like uh, pressed his hair and he had like I, was that young Jeezy or was that young Jock? I, I can't remember. You, oh, do you remember when he had his hair and everyone started roasting I him, talking imagine, about how he looked like? A, I know that young Jock has received a lot of flack online. He wore like a dress one day and people were roasting they him. Ca- they kept saying he looked like a black aunt. Maybe you know what? Yes, it was definitely young Jock. I remember watching Love and Hip Hop, whatever, mm-hmm. and he was definitely had his yeah, the hair things fr- like yes. that. Right? Yeah. Correct. Correct. That terrifying. Yes, it is. Was it young Jock? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it's a very funny right. look. And, um, and you said that terrifies you. Yes. And what about that? What is the worst thing that would happen? I'm just curious. Cause I, that mean, is what, yeah. we, I mean, we're not saying, but we know what it is, is that I would assume that people would think something about me. Well, but what's I mean, so wrong with that? You know what's so funny? I wasn't even thinking the fact that people might think you're gay. I was more so just thinking that people would just reject you, period. But yeah, it's really sad the fact that thinking someone is gay can be seen as the worst thing in the world. Wow. And that and that's so that's such a hurtful narrative. Absolutely. And that's why there are so many people who don't come out. That's why there's so many people that don't feel comfortable in spaces because the world we've been taught that in certain times being gay is the worst thing in the world, Mm. which is not a very good thing. So obviously it's not your job to fix it. I don't think that is your job to fix it at Mm -hmm. all. But what are some ways that straight black men and a lot of our audience is straight black men. Oh, great. Hey, straight um, black men. It's me. And maybe some of them aren't and they just Mm -hmm. haven't talked to us about it because they just been listening to Jaquise and I uh, continue to push some of those harmful. And I don't think that we're like doing it in an aggressive way, but we can like, you know, unknowingly do it. Mm -hmm. How do we fight back against those narratives? What are some of the actions that we can take? I think not everyone has a podcast. Yeah, but you're doing it right now. And Mm -hmm. just, first of all, asking questions, Mm. people too many times assume that they know what's going on Mm. in a world that they've never experienced. Absolutely. So I think just by asking questions and then I think it's back on me. Like you've, Ten times today you said, I'm sorry if this is offensive. I'm sorry if I've this is whatever. It. I feel like a white girl. <laughs> and <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, I don't expect you to be an expert on my life. Mm. So if you make a mistake, I, I'm granting you the permission to make mistakes because your intention is to learn more about me. To as better, long as that's my intention. Yeah, as long as that's your intention. If your intention is to make fun of me, don't ask me anything. Mm. But if your intention is to actually learn to connect with me, then ask me whatever you want because I'll be able to respect you more mm. when you do ask those questions. So being curious, doing, you know, opening yourself up to things like wearing a pair of legs. I think... Going against the grain sometimes of what you think will get get you made fun of, I think you should do it anyways. Mm. So I think everyone has their own things to do behind closed doors, Absolutely. their own interests, and you still do them. Right. So I think people should really own what makes them happy. Okay. 100%. Mm. I think doing that so. And I think, honestly, I think men should be afraid. Men should also learn that being gay and Femininity are two different things. Absolutely. A lot of people associate, oh, if being gay means being feminine, things like that, da, da, da. I think a lot of people need to really check the narratives that they already have in their brain about mm. what, it, what it even means to be gay. Being gay literally means that I want to 
pursue an romantic relationship yes. things like that because you could be an abstinent men. gay man oh, or, or or i promise you you're about to drop your mic you a man can have sex with another guy and not be gay <laughs> as he uh, rolls back in his chair uh, Matthew, Honestly, i don't know if we have enough time <laughs> but and, and the reason why it is, is we because get into all of literally that. like this is you know this might offend you let's say no. for instance i a gay, uh, let's say a guy gave you head today, mm-hmm. tomorrow you are not going to want to magically go want to fuck men. Yeah. You are still going to want to have sex with women. Mm. You know? It doesn't offend me at all. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm very complimented. Um, but um, <laughs> I think that's a tough, I mean, that's yeah. a tough thing it for is, a lot. It is, it is a very tough I'm, thing. I'm, I'm working on it myself right now. Yeah. Like literally, but I, if, like if you were to kiss, if you were to kiss Jack Heath on air, mm-hmm. does that mean that now y'all want to have kids, get married, go and no. fuck each other every day? No, no. it doesn't. It doesn't mm. at all. It, do, it really doesn't. Mm. And that is black love from a queer perspective, in the terms of the rules can be written any way you want, and we don't have to measure up to all these fake things about what it even means to be in a relationship mm. well thank you for wrapping up my podcast <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is so funny <laughs> that is i mean you're absolutely right you're absolutely mm-hmm. man i mean i feel like you've brought like you've you've opened up the conversation in a way that i've never thought about and like uh i mean i'm i mean i'm i can't even speak words right now uh on my right arm i have tatted a uh david uh, not david brandon <laughs> A Aww. James Baldwin quote. <laughs> it would be very weird if I had David's Honestly, words Honestly, I would have mind. questions. <laughs> <laughs> a James Baldwin quote tattooed to my arm, which is, they cannot face it. Mm. Uh, and it's uh, James Baldwin talking about uh, white people and race. Wow. That it's something that they've kept so secret and mm-hmm. they don't like talking about because mm-hmm. they cannot face it. Yeah. Uh, I think that that is also true about uh, the gay experience in black people to 100%. a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can some people start facing it? I think a way to start facing that is to, I think it goes, honestly, what reason do people have not to like the gay identity in the black community? Mm. I feel like it was, honestly, it was all taught from religion. Mm. Honestly, you know, we were taught that being gay is, you know, I don't even like, I've removed myself so far from what people even say about it. Like, what you is can't it, even abomination, remember abomination, whatever, yeah. whatever the hell that is, things like that. Yeah. And I think people are taught certain ways when, mm-hmm. when they're younger mm-hmm. and, and they really hold on to them. And I think that really going back and saying to yourself, one, is what I'm doing harming someone? Is me calling this person a faggot? Is me discriminating against this person is well, how does that benefit you mm. like what benefit do you get from telling me that i don't deserve to be living on this planet you know you're killing the black man da, 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 all these crazy things that people say of course i mean, I, being, about, I mean uh, what's his name nate directed um birth of a nation yeah I, he said that about like that's why he doesn't play mm, gay roles is because mm-hmm. he's just like so much of a black man like we haven't been men for so long that why would i like hurt that by playing that and right. like that's him like like you said like that's math that doesn't even add up or make sense yeah exactly and so just honestly just think about all the narratives you were taught as a kid that aren't true mm. there are so many things that we we're taught as a kid that aren't true what's one i 
Just think of anything that you were taught when you were well, a kid. I was told that if you put out your eyelids like this, yes. like what I'm doing, and someone slaps you on the back of mm-hmm. the head, you'd stay like that forever. But that was just my mom telling me something right. to stop me from doing this because right. it annoyed her. I remember growing up in school saying if you wore one earring on one ear, then that means you were gay. There's also a thing with watches as well. Like if you wear yeah. it on the hand that you write with or something like that. And right. I can sit here and say that's fucking bullshit you know and so how many other things have we been taught that has been shit i think it's really important for us to really go back and be able to accept the fact that first of all accept the fact that you're not right Mm. accept the fact that some of the things that you were taught some of some of the ideals you have aren't aren't always right because a lot of people get caught up on on being right Things like that. Oh, I mean, I get caught up on yeah. it all the time. Yeah. Anna will tell you that that's my number one goal. <laughs> right, right. So just accepting the fact that you're not right and accepting the fact that us as black people, we're already getting killed mm. just for what we look like. And it's honestly like, how dare you then turn around and try and kill someone else within your same community? For who they love. For who they love. Damn. Um, I had a teacher, Miss Law who was very much so a Southern black woman. Mm -hmm. And she said something that, like, I mean, I don't think I really understood it, but I think I'm understanding it a little bit more. But she she was one of those, like, uh, hate the sin but love the sinner types, Mm -hmm. which isn't great, but it's a step Mm -hmm. up from the hate the sinners. Mm -hmm. Um, And her reasoning behind it was, I was raised Seventh-day Adventist. I don't know if you're familiar with that religion at all. Not that. They go to church on Saturdays. And that's like a big thing for them, right? Mm -hmm. And so religious freedom is a very, very big thing for them. Because most churches don't do that. Right. And like there's a whole theory in there that at some point the government's going to say Sunday's the day and Mm -hmm. you can't do it. So her reasoning for supporting gay people to like, you know, pursue what they want to pursue is because she's like, if they can tell you who to marry, what's going to stop them from telling you what day you can go to church? Okay. And that was her reasoning. Yeah. And I think that like... For a lot of these people who, like, are pushing for all these rights and stuff like that, mm-hmm. we also miss that argument of, like, but we're also denying another person their rights. Right. And then also, I've actually done some research in my own schooling. Mm. I think we were taught just there's – a, there's a great movie called For the Bible Tells Me So. Mm. <clears throat> and it talks about how people discriminate against gay people for – because it gets close to religion. But there's so many – it's like selective, oh, yeah. selective Christianity, where it's like Absolutely. you you get to pick and choose what rules apply to you on yes. whatever day. In that and same I, chapter that yeah. everyone quotes from, I think Numbers or Deuteronomy, Ooh, it also talks about <laughs> <laughs> it talks about how you're not supposed to wear uh, a shirt with multiple yeah. kinds of fabrics. It's just like there's and even like there's so many rules that don't make sense, mm-hmm. and you can choose not to follow the rules. You really yeah. can, especially if it's not harming anyone. That's no. the, that's the the criteria. Yeah. If you choose not to follow a rule and it doesn't harm anyone, then maybe you should do it. Because uh, especially if we're going into legality, at one point uh, it wasn't legal for me to look Sophie in the eye. Okay. That like, was illegal at like, some point. Things like that. Yeah. It's just like we've we've it's like we've come bits and pieces of progressing. Yeah. But we often fall back to what's comfortable. Mm-hmm. And that is where dangerous things can happen when mm. we operate out of comfortability mm. as opposed to experiencing new things. Mm. Wow. Matthew, I will say this. Uh, in terms of this episode, 
I think that you are uh, the Turks walking into Constantinople because you destroyed it. Uh, you <laughs> did you. an amazing job. This was such a great conversation to have with mm-hmm. you. Thank uh, you. This is now your time to plug anything. Sure. Like, what do you what do you want? Where can people find you? Where can people check you out? <laughs> don't give out your Twitter if you don't want people to hit you up because I swear to God they will. No, I, uh, I, I think I, I hope they do. Uh, I mean, my my Instagram is literally at Mr. Brinkley. Wow. M R dot. B R I N K L E Y. Teacher from Brinkley. Boys Me Doesn't World. it? But as soon as I so, but eventually it's going to be at Doctor Brinkley. I've already like reserved. <laughs> already reserved that. Okay. For when okay. I have it, I just Powerful. have it waiting. Okay. So once I do that, that's going to be that. But okay. yeah, so Mr. Brinkley, and then on Twitter, and then on Twitter, it. it's it's Matthew, but it's spelled M A T T H H W W. So just at that name mm. on Twitter, mm-hmm. but those are those are my only plugs. Those are the only ones I want people to have, anyways. Oh. So so yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Holding back plugs? No, uh. honestly, no. I'm joking. But no, those are the only plugs that I that I use social. Of course, of so, course. Yeah. And then you like work? Like, do you have like a book or anything like that? Um, do I have a book? No, but I am working on my dissertation mm. on relationship satisfaction of Black gay couples. Wow. So which eventually that will get published for people to see mm-hmm. once it gets written so look out for that i yeah, would say please share that with us yeah. and we'd love to share that when it's awesome. it's all written how many pages is it um too many okay honestly okay. i'm not done yet and it's and it's i mean it's not that many it's just like yeah. a mm, send me, me a cliff note version it's like a but hun- just for me it's already 120 pages my goodness. and i have about three more chapters to finish is it like you're writing really big font because that's what i would do in college honestly, i would write papers in size 14 I'm, it's like i wish i could just write in clear font and just take up space i really do <laughs> but no it's just so much work and absolutely. so much it's so much absolutely work. it really absolutely. is but and I, I don't want to disrespect all the oh, work oh that no you're doing. no no please i no, i appreciate it but honestly it is it's a lot of work yeah. But it's going to allow me to speak to even many more people on so many other different platforms yeah, and really benefit me. So I'm really happy about it. And, and it's a, such a, so much a, more of an interesting topic. Uh, I had a religion teacher in college that did her dissertation on the moment that Moses talked to God on the mount where he gave wow. him the Ten Commandments. And I was like, how wow. did you write how did 120 you... pages about that and one moment? where did the research come from? <laughs> what are the cited articles? <laughs> That's, you know, that's just questions I would have. But that's just that. Uh, Matthew, you were amazing. You truly killed it. Uh, Thank you. uh, This was so fun. Uh, This is, again, a part of the series, Black Love. We're talking about Black Love from a queer perspective. Again, thank you so much for coming. And what was the organization that you you. worked with? Can people Um, donate to that organization um, at all? Actually, they can. Sure. It's Optimist Youth Homes. Mm -hmm. We we specialize in working with transitional youth between homes, things like that. Mm -hmm. But we, we take in youth that... Maybe on the streets, on you know, not in homes, mm-hmm. but and we do therapy with them. We work with children, families, parents. But it's Optimist Youth Homes, and yeah, we would definitely take any donations. It's nonprofit, and, and, we're, and we're doing and we're doing good work. So yeah. I really appreciate it. We'll put that in the show description as well. Awesome. Yeah, thank you again. Thank you so much for coming here. Thank uh, you. Check us out at Culture Kings Pod. Uh, check us out. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, So yeah, guys, thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back with more Black Love episodes soon.